What better way to listen to the Stay Woke podcast than listen to it wearing a Stay Woke or Wokest t-shirt? From royaltyshop.bigcartel.com. My personal favorite is the red and white one. So head over to royaltyshop.bigcartel.com to get one today. Again, that's royaltyshop.bigcartel.com. You now tuned into the hottest podcast in the world, the Stay Woke Podcast, right here on the SonicBreakdown.com. Man, it's time to wake up. Get this cake up. Welcome back to another Stay Woke Podcast. This is D Ray Brinson, and you know the Stay Woke Podcast is presented by the SonicBreakdown.com. Today we're going to do another Rapture discussion, and for this one we have Damon, Mr. Transman, again back for uh, this uh, set, our eighth one. Actually, this is the final episode of uh, the Rapture discussion. We will have a wrap up of how we felt about the entire thing. So after this one, so definitely come back and check next week for that. But uh, welcome back to uh, another Rapture discussion, man. Glad to be back, D. Ray. Thanks for having me again. Uh, no problem. So today is going to be a boogie with the hoodie episode. As we, as you know, the running theme or the our format that we've had for every Rapture discussion is what's the background that you've had with a boogie with the hoodie? Boogie with the hoodie. I actually uh, worked. I actually work at a small mom and pop bakery. I was at Costco and I heard this one guy playing this music. I didn't know who it was, so I inquired about it, and he says it's a dude from a boogie with a hoodie. I'm not sure if you know him or anything. And I was like, nope, I have never heard of him at all. But it sounds pretty dope. I'll check out his music. So he gave me the uh, YouTube link for his um, for his videos, or at least a specific one. Kind of discovered it. Kind of went through it. Um, I found some stuff I liked. Uh, Drowning. Um, another one is uh, Still Think About You. Another one was uh, Oh My Shit. That was the one that really spoke to me the most. And then uh, Jungle was one of. And I didn't realize like those were his uh, more popular ones that I found out later on. But that's kind of my background when it comes to him. I, I hear I tuned in a little bit and then I kind of just stopped and did my own thing. But I, I do like his music. I, I do like it. It's very catchy to me. And um, I can't wait to dive in more about his, his projects. For me, I'd say I didn't have, I knew A Boogie With The Hoodie. I was familiar with the name. I was familiar with some of the more popular songs, like the ones that you mentioned. Uh, none, none of them really resonated with me. So I didn't do much more digging into his musical catalog besides that. Uh, I did listen to uh, The Bigger Artist, which was his last album, or latest album. Again, it didn't really resonate with me. It's not really my vibe, my my the sounds that I resonate to. Usually uh, a different tempo, different sonic properties that I tend to not really vibe with. So that's where my, I guess, musical knowledge with him goes. But again, I knew I was very familiar with his uh, name and I knew that he had a buzz in New York, and I knew that there was a kind of upswelling of, of growing momentum moving his, in his direction. It just, I just never felt attached to it, put it that way. That's okay. We don't always attach to some artists. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. But I did come into this episode with an open mind and wanted to see what I would learn about him, the person, as well as more about what influences his music and, and, and his sound. The theme that I really took away from this uh, episode was just like manifest destiny of creating, as, as he says kind of throughout it, of like making his way, of saying this is what I, this is the plan that I have, this is what I want to do, and figuring out a way to make it happen, um, which I, I definitely resonated with as an entrepreneur, just that entrepreneurial spirit, something that we felt similar with uh, 2 chains. Um, it's kind of the 
again, like I said, the the theme that I took from this particular episode. The theme that I took, I kind of liked the overall aspect of the episode, meaning I like how it covers a little bit of his background and it shows the production of his music. It also seemed to lean to his relationship, those close to him. I noticed uh, when they were uh, uh, when they were at the shooting range, he was practicing shoot, uh, shooting the guns, and then he ends up having a taser, and he was telling his boy, hey, can you take this taser? And he goes, for 500 Yeah, I'll do it. Or whatever. And, he, and actually, he said, no. My bad. He said, no. And he says, if you do it for 1000 mm-hmm. then I'll do it. And he's like, all right, let's go ahead. They go outside, and he starts you know, like trying to tase him right there. So just kind of seeing the, the friendship, and the relationship he has with his crew, because they go everywhere together. Uh, I liked that overall theme of it, too, aside from his background and the production of his music, too. That's a theme I took away from it. Yeah, I, I definitely felt those those things uh, throughout it as well. And I thought it was interesting when you brought up the scene of, uh, like, with his family. That kind of brought me to, like, the personal scene of, uh, that was very actually early with uh, Joe Black, the resident at, in the... Uh, oh, they were they in, were the, in, the, in the area that he grew up in. Yeah, the little park, little yeah. area right there. Yeah, and just the happiness and enjoyment that the people were having with just him being there, and just what he said was the people are happier. Just even that he's not when he's not there, things are better as a result of him, his success, and that they feel that 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 uh, that imagery, and that's why like that's to me it just highlighted something that I've been saying for a while about. How it's important for, especially as we're young, to see people that are successful, that look like us, that are from areas that we come from, so that we can relate and resonate with and say, hey, I can do that. Not necessarily that I have to. And then if you do that enough in different areas, in different uh, career paths, you can feel like you can do anything. Mm -hmm. And so I I thought that was important. And just the, the residual effects that success can bring to others, even if it's not from a financial aspect. Like he's not... Well, he later does, you know, give out money, but the the joy that I, that I feel that Joe, uh, the gentleman Joe Black was talking about, is I just feel like the energy of uh, his success makes the people happier, and I thought that was important. Yeah, I agree with that. I think coming again, adding on to that, coming from a place where they all came from and someone is successful, he comes back. He still shows love to the hood, is what some people in the streets would say. He still comes back and still shows that sort of thing, and I do think it kind of helps kind of put a good spirit on the place mm-hmm. knowing from again going from that person where he was where you're from and he ended up leaving doing successful comes back and still shows the love to the people again you know my my thing i don't know if uh your viewers have listened to the vibrations podcast that i'm affiliated with but my motto is spread the sugar and that's exactly what he's doing but showing the unconditional love to people yeah yeah definitely um I just, uh, yeah, that you're exactly right that he is trying to spread that love. And it was just interesting, though, that it's also a double-edged sword, like that pressure. That scene was, even though it was short and quick, it was kind of intensive, like him at the car and people just steadily, 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 steadily asking for money, steadily, steadily, steadily asking for something. Mm. And him just patiently sitting there like, and it brought me back to the G-Eazy scene of, and and it also explains the different environments. G-Eazy was in a country that he's not familiar with. And he's introducing to these fans. A, a boogie is at, he knows these people. He feels a bond to them. So you don't see that frustration of on his face. Even though, like me, as a watcher, I could feel like, damn, like, I, I can understand if you would be frustrated. Like, but um, I just thought that was, that was the double-edged sword to just exactly what you were talking about. Of He wants to show that love. But at some point, there's a point where 
at what form you're showing that love has to have a limit. Right, because then if you're too giving, people would have this mis- this what? They'll drain you. Yeah, exactly. They'll have this idea of where they can come to you all the time because they'll know you'll give them something. So there has to be a cutoff point. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, I remember that one uh, scene where he was handing out the money in his car, and um, he was like, you come in too? Oh, man, I got 10 people in the studio already. I, I can't take anymore. And then he's like, all right, you know, I got to go or whatnot, and he ended up leaving. But, yeah, it's good that he does that, but there's there's got to be a boundary, a limit too. So I'm glad he's able to at least find something, a, a cutoff point to where he's like, all right, that's that's enough. Yeah, I, I, I got to dip. Yeah. Um, Gives just enough back. Yeah, and that's that's what one of the things like I said that it triggered was like the danger of of trying to please people, and and show love. You just have to have that line of of understanding, you know, where where you can do because it, as we were saying, basically you can't give anybody else what you don't have for yourself. If you're depleted of everything you have, how can you continue to help people? That that actually brings me up to something I read the other day. We have two hands. We're not supposed to give both these hands to people because we won't have, we won't have anything to help ourselves. We have two hands. One hand is to help yourself. The other is to help people. There's got to be a balance. Oh yeah, that's that's a good uh, a good comparison and analogy to it. Yeah. The the other thing that I took and that was um, interesting to me was the the scene of how they were seeing the process of what they're doing. Where he was like, okay, well we put this out. He was like, I would say seventy. Okay, I got that. I'm going to put this out. And just, it's basically, he's doing market research. That's exactly what he's doing, market research. How, how much do people really enjoy what I'm doing? Let's get a result, or let's get something tangible that we can test and then determine how that increases. So I thought that was very business savvy. And then the analysis of it, because uh, later on, I forgot which gentleman, but another gentleman brings that up about how they were approaching it more like from the business aspect. And then they had that meeting with Gary Vee. But just really implementing and saying you're going to be having business structure you're the cfo you're the ceo you're the artist you're the talent you're going to bring us in we're going to make sure the numbers are right and we're going to make sure whatever our overarching plan is is going in that direction i just thought that was very smart and the timing of it being put in this episode i thought was interesting too because it ends with knowledge that i feel like a young artist would need okay, yeah good point you know what i'm saying yeah. and 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 he's probably the most relatable artists to young artists coming up i, I definitely out of all of the people in the series you know what i'm saying yeah i yeah i agree at that time he was 21 he's 22 now mm-hmm. uh he's the youngest of everybody in this documentary and i do and i do agree with you i do think he's the most relatable because we do have a lot of young and upcoming artists that are trying to make it out they're trying to get a name for themselves one of the things i did take away was that scene with gary vanderchuk mm-hmm. the entrepreneur he talked about his background very vaguely, very just, you know, lightly touched up on that. And he was talking about social media. Then he kind of showed his clips with, uh, look like, I, I don't remember that older gentleman that he was, uh, Gary V that was with, but he was on a show explaining about social media and everything and just to get up oh, on your um, ass. Do you know who that um, is? Uh, Larry King. That's who I thought it was, but I could have sworn he had a little bit more gray hair than that, but I guess not. But that was a while ago, though. That, that mm. interview, oh, okay. it wasn't a recent interview. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. And then that all all of that kind of encompassed the growing and learning and the ownership that they were like from the mentality and also which tied into the confidence that he said he had is that's understanding just like when they got to that, that meeting. A lot of young artists or sometimes artists in general feel pressure that they need to do whatever it takes to get big and sacrifice certain things. And when he was like, well, what did you think about alcohol? Because that's the, that's the typical thing you go for rappers, alcohol. And 
probably some sort of tobacco product is what you would associate. That's what or that's what they want to, to. That's usually associated with those two things. And they went in there and was like, no, we don't want to do alcohol. Which means like they were sacrificing. Yeah, that can make you instantly a lot of money, but it comes at a cost of sacrificing what you you want your values again. And then it goes to me. It's like again from a business perspective, a business starts off or usually starts off either with a product or values that product first a product and then the values that they want that product to invade to society. Right. Right. And then in this case, a boogie is the product. And so what he wants to portray and, and convey to society is the values that he wants to give off. And so whatever product he supports, he needs to make sure that's in line with him. Just like if you're a business, you're a business, you, you're not going to do business with somebody that you don't think is reputable. And it, it comes to tie in with imagery. Yeah. What is the message you're sending to the public about your brand? Exactly. It may not be strictly from you, but it's who you associate with. That's mm-hmm. why it's very important to be careful who you associate with. Yeah. And I, I just thought it was, they did a very interesting way of presenting that, that I think would be digestible for younger and, and a different demographic than I would say would be my demographic. I, I just think the way that the, the documentary presented it, I think they'll take it from a different They'll absorb it versus if I said it the way I just said it, they wouldn't absorb that. Right. I, uh, the, the message, the deliverance. The, the, yeah, the, the delivery of the message. And that's important. You have to meet people where they're at um, in order to make sure that your message is received. But, um, right, yeah, it's imperative. I, I think it's almost like um, if you have something to say to somebody and that could ruffle up their feathers a little bit, if you say it in a very good deliverance way, not from a bad place or an angry place, but just saying it. As long as you say it in a very either regular deliverance or a very softer deliverance, how they're going to take it is how they're going to take it at the end of the day. So again, it's all about the deliverance in my opinion. If I'm sitting here saying, hey bro, um, you know, you got a booger hanging out your nose, you know what I mean? My deliverance, you're like, oh, okay, you know, I'll go wipe it off. But if I say, hey bro, Wipe off that freaking booger on your nose, man. That's, that's, that's just disgusting. Then you're probably more inclined like, okay, I appreciate the message, but you probably don't have to say it like that. Like, dang, call me out like that. Definitely. The other thing that I did rather enjoy was, again, going back to that ownership of how they wanted to make sure when even another scene, when they were talking to the radio host and he was like, well, y'all under uh, Atlantic. He was like, no, 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 no. You, you need to understand the terms of, no, it's not a... We're not under anybody. It's a partnership because there is a difference. And if you don't understand that difference, that does give you a different imagery and and a difference of your brand because then you're relying on Atlantic Records imagery to portray yours versus in a partnership, your imagery is yours, their imagery is theirs, and hopefully that they both work together to help boost both of you. Right. That's exactly what a partnership is. I help you, you help me. Exactly. So understanding and making sure that they display that imagery and because some other artists might have just said oh yeah whatever i know what the terms of the of, of my deal is i don't need to correct him necessarily mm-hmm. especially being broadcast to the airwaves like he's just gonna let it slide but no they're like no let me let's explain this <laughs> well, that, that's good he's able to put his foot down with that and and really put some emphasis on this is a partnership brother this is i'm not working for you i don't work under you i work with you there's a difference exactly because that can go moving forward if let's say i'm a big brand as well and i hear that interview and i go that you're under atlantic i'm gonna then go approach atlantic 
instead of go approach you. Right, because you're getting like permission because you have this and, idea like they're under you. Yeah, so, so why am I going to ask you when I need to ask yeah, them? Yeah, why go through the middleman? Yeah. I'm going to go straight to no. But if it's a partnership, it's like, oh, if we want to work with that artist, we don't need to go to land. We have to go through you. We have to go. And that changes the terms of your deal. Let's say with that champagne company, Bel Air. If Bel Air goes to Atlantic, Atlantic's going to get a cut. That means whatever cut that a boogie's going to get is going to be less less than what it would have been if he, you cut out Atlantic from that, that point. Yeah, so right. it's just, again, like he said, he doesn't even, well, at that point he didn't have an album out, but for to have that buzz and to have that financial clout and that understanding and using it properly. And Gary Vee said it himself, a lot of people are talking and they have the attention, but they're not using it. They're, they're, they're not getting them financial, anything financial out of the attention that they've garnered. They ain't walking like they talking. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so all of that together, I just thought it was very interesting uh, that they that it was present how they presented in this episode, and I thought it was well done. Is there any other personal scenes that like really resonated with you? Oh no, really. I I just do think the camaraderie he has, the or the relationship with his with his crew, because mm. um, that to me, if I was in his shoes, depending on how far back we go, but I would take, I kind of would be like in his position. I, I completely understand it because I really feel that if I was in his shoes, I would could do the same thing with with my crew too. You know, could have sworn I mentioned this a couple episodes ago. If you want to travel far, or if you want to travel fast, go alone. If you want to travel far, go together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So go together as a group. You'll travel further. Everybody does their own roles and understands the roles, mm-hmm. accepts it. Everybody would rise together. All ships rise, baby. Yeah, definitely. And that is that is something I did take from this as well. What did you think about this episode in relation to other episodes? I was basing it off the one prior to the Just Blades. I did watch that yeah. one, even though I didn't yeah. have a review on it. I did watch that. I actually really liked that one. Yeah, I did too. Um, it was similar in terms of the background. They just lightly touched up on it and where they started. After that, it was different. Like This one was more focused on the artist rather than the DJ because or the producer, because obviously, as we know, Just Blades was more the producing side of it. We'll explain that in the other in the next episode here, but... Uh, this one, um, it was more focused on the artist. That's the main difference I knew. Other than that, that was the only relation that I've seen. It was just the background and where they started. It's it all started from the same point, but then after that, they went different. They went different points, different planes, paths. For me, I I took I, I'd say the how proud his parents were uh, of him and how boastful and how like oh, let me show you this picture, let me show you this picture, and and just how outwardly proud of. Not only who their son is, what they, what he does, of how he carries himself, reminded me of Rhapsody's episode with uh, all. I think it was her, her mother and her auntie, I believe, in the kitchen. Oh, the grandmother. Or the grandmother, yeah. yeah. And where they were talking, and they were like, "We're just so proud of her," you know, and just saying all these accolades and just you know praising her so much, and just having a real genuine like. Not saying that the other parents, um, like in the Davies or anything like that, but it just felt very. Those two felt similar on how proud the parents were. It felt just like in the same regards, even though that's a New Yorker versus from Riley, North Carolina. You know, how those different graphics, how they express their love is going to be different, but it's still in the same way. It just was, it was just interesting to me. Right. Same message, just delivered differently. Again, yeah. I also took semblance to the Dave East one with how he was with his daughter, how A Boogie was with his daughter, how... They're so important to them, and not just only them, but the music. 
was another it just it just instantly struck me um when he when uh he was picking her up and he was making those noises and then the benefits and cost of fame are related to the g easy one there were just scenes where it felt similar of how Jeezy was just in there and he how he's like how how they both felt like they're both laid back they're just like I'm just kind of trying to chill and that's just who I am but with this you don't really get that yeah I did take away from that too adding on to that I remember um Boogie with the hoodie said you can't have a normal life once you once you reach a certain point that when you just said that it I just kind of put the pieces to the equation together and I was like oh yep that's right it is just like the Davies one because he mentioned the same thing and then um, the respect and hustle part of it reminded me of uh, the two chains one, of just that entrepreneurial spirit of and and figuring and, and figuring ways to monetize almost on everything, and and make sure that it's working in your favor. Like he said, um, like a boogie with it, he said it's like I get free stuff now, so I don't have to pay for nothing. Like understanding that is important, and and understanding how to use that to help gain your and expand on your monetary gains. That's is 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 key, especially if you need to or you feel the need to give the appearance that he does of wearing all that jewelry. That's a lot of money that you have to spend. Yeah, three hundred grand. Yeah, but if you're not spending money on where you're staying, what you're wearing, what you eat, then that's not really that big of a deal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're bringing in millions of dollars, you know what I'm saying, and you're not you're not spending money on all that other stuff because that will add up to more than what's worth. The one, what he's carrying on his neck you know what I'm saying so but understanding and how to use that and to keep that balance because that's not what the average fan sees the average fan sees oh you're wearing all this jewelry you're wearing all these clothes you're wearing all this stuff you're going all these places and as we see it on Instagram Facebook all the time people flexing and doing all these things but they don't really have the money to support the other aspects of it so you're sacrificing something he's not but you don't see that aspect of it but I, that's why I thought it was important that he brought that up. Uh, now you understand. This is why I can do that. I am making a lot of money, which is true, but I also am saving money on other things that you normally have to spend on just to survive. That's what I really like about this documentary. It gives you a whole new lens to see in these artists' lives. So that way we're not able just to look at it from just a, oh, uh, he's just flexing his normal stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a whole bunch of bling. All he does is like post pictures of his car and stuff like that. Like black youngster, he's always like saying, "I got fifty grand." Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like he's flexing his money, but who knows? Behind the scenes, we don't know what it's like. Yeah, he could just be doing that just to get his fame up. But on the other side, he's probably donating to churches, donating to to society, uh, charities. We don't know that. Exactly. I feel this documentary definitely does a good job. I know that's kind of more more on the whole documentary side, but I just wanted to bring this up particularly with this episode. Yeah, gotcha. What did your opinion about him change as an artist and as a just a individual prior to the documentary now? Prior, didn't know much about him. As I explained kind of in the beginning, I just kind of, you know, dug through a little bit of his songs. But now I'm actually, I wouldn't say a fan, but I'm generally more fond of him now. How he carries himself, kind of the, um, what's it, I like his approach to life. He knows where he needs to go. He shows appreciation for those around him. I also uh, enjoyed his decision to to talk to Gary Vaynerchuk about expanding his brand, uh, brand partnerships, helping himself out, making sure he gets his, he gets his. I, I like that, the, the ambition, the hustle with it. He just seems like an overall, like, awesome person to get to know, to be quite, to be quite frank. And at the same time, he seems fun. I mean, I saw that, again, it goes back to the relationships with his crew. He's loyal. 
what it looks like. So, I mean, he seems to have a really good head on his shoulders, and I can't wait to see his future endeavors. For me, I would say uh, I learned a lot about him as the person. I didn't know much about him as a person. I will say my opinion about his music hasn't changed. I still, it's not my wheelhouse. But what I did gain is respect for him as, as a man, as, as, as a person, from the perspective of how hard he hustles his ambition, his, his business savvy, that he's not just out here just doing things recklessly. He's put a lot of thought into it, as they showed with the chess, uh, him playing chess. He is really out here playing chess with his moves, and they're very uh, deliberate, intentional, which is important. And I think he's approaching it from a business perspective, and as well as separating the two. The way that I feel society has it, in essence, you, if you really want to make and, and build an empire, you have to be ruthless. Look at every opportunity where I think business is moving away from that, or we're trying to anyways. I think with that, that comes also, you can also take that into your personal life. And, and because, especially as an entrepreneur, you're working all the time. As he said, you, he, that's what he is, an entrepreneur. He's working all the time. You never stop. So if you carry that into your personal life, that can be not the best thing to be in your personal life. So I, I like the way that he has that separation and that balance, being loving, considerate, loyal to his friends and family while still being as business savvy and as advantageous as he can be in the business world um, to try to achieve the goals that he wants to achieve. That's a great perspective, D-Ray. As a matter of fact, I was just uh, thinking about what I heard about a week ago. Um, in order for a king to be a king, he's got to do some pretty ruthless things. You have to, because if you're accepting of everything, you're not going to be a, a pretty good-pledged king. It's not going to work. And if you're too rough, you're not going to get the, the power of people by your side. There's always got to be a balance. So adding on to the separation part with this, uh, with how loyal he is and how his relationship is with the crew, but at the same time being uh, business savvy, that's what you got to do. It, this brings me to my metaphor of the king. You got to have that ruthlessness at times to raise your hand and strike down, but at the same time, know when to shield, sh sheath your sword. So Definitely. he's got to run his kingdom like that, and I think he's doing a pretty good job. And if he really keeps it up, he can really do a lot of great things for himself in the future. Yeah, I definitely agree. And that's what... Uh, like I said, that's where I gained um, a lot more respect for him, and I do wish him the most success that he can, and just, uh, you know, keep doing your thing, man. Uh, it's working, and I really am happy that you allowed uh, the documentary to come in and, and give a peek into this world, because I feel like it educates others that are trying to achieve the status that you are. Um, not necessarily that they have to go that same route, and not necessarily that they, that they don't, but now that they know it's there. They know those steps, those the steps to get to that ladder or that level of fame from your from his vantage point, and then they can take that and take what they feel like they they need from themselves and build upon that. They have access so, to that information, yeah, and exactly. then something they they can watch and enjoy. So they get mm -hmm. the best of both worlds. Something where like, oh, I can watch a film of this. At the same time, I'm learning how to do this stuff too. Killing two birds on one stone. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. I want to say thank you, everybody. Is there, well, actually, let me ask you. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? For this episode, no, but I do want to give a special shout-out. First off to you, D-Ray, for having me again, uh, brought back. Another one is go check out Mr. Vibes and Vibrations podcast, the podcast that I host with uh, my best friend of 10 years, who I consider a brother. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, 
uh, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes, all under Vibrations Podcast. Oh, and the website, too, at www.vibrations.net, spelled with a Z, not an S, V-I-B-R-A-T-I-O-N-Z.net. Right, and again, we'll have that link in the bottom of the description, so if you're listening to this, click on the link, and it'll take you right there to the website. And I think we, yeah, as well as the YouTube page. So thank you again for joining for another Rapture discussion. Everybody definitely come back for our wrap up where we're going to kind of just briefly go over all of, not all of each individual episode, but kind of give an overall opinion about the documentary as a whole and some of the overarching themes, messages, and ideas that we kind of took away from it and how you guys might relate to it as well. So definitely come back and I want to say, Uh, You know our motto, live, listen to some great music, and for this one, watch some great documentaries, and love more. We're out.